0: Here, but we'll start off reading here. And uh, we did have a good time in Uniclete. Very grateful for that opportunity to go there and fill in for Michael and Amanda. And um, they are doing a really good job there. They're, they're they're busy, they're active. There's just trying to just, you know, we did a little bit of filling in for some of their ministries, keeping the doors open and kept us busy. So we Michael does a lot there. Um, it was really good to see, because they're they are missionaries, son of our church. We know them very well, but to go there, see the work, see the ministry, and you know, just uh, I can with full confidence report to hear that we can fully support them with what they're doing. They're doing a really good job. They have a great reputation and testimony there, and um, you know, it's a slow paced place, slow going work. Uh, they're gonna. They're in it for the long haul, but um, yeah, we, it was just really exciting to see their work and their ministry and everything they have going on there. So, um, But we'll look at the message here. Let's go to so 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Let me uh, read verse 19 through 23 to start off here. And we'll use this passage several other passages as well. We're going to look at the topic here this morning of balance, having an attitude of a biblical balance in the Christian life. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 19 here. It says, for, Paul says, "...for though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I, may, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law." Not being without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Right. um, let's go ahead and have another word of prayer before we get into this. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. Thank you so much for all those who are able to make it out here this morning. And uh, Lord, we're, we're here to, to hear from your word, and we pray that you would open our eyes and our, our minds and our hearts and help us to learn and to apply it. Pray that you'd fill me with your spirit, help me to say only what you'd have me to say, and uh, help us to learn from you and uh, to take this with us this week. We love you. We ask things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. There's a few more people here than what I've been used to the last few weeks, it's <laughs> great. It's glad to see a lot of people in church. Um, okay, so we're going to look at this topic of, of balance. If I was to put a definition of what I mean by balance here this morning, what we're going to look at in scripture, um, I would have to say, finding a way to be agreeable with others without compromising your principles. Um, a... a, a, a I guess the strict definition of balance is an even distribution of a load, you know, so you're not leaning one way or the other, nice even distribution of your load. I towed a trailer from Maine to Alaska about four years ago, (laughs) kind of missed some of the balance, I was leaning one way for several thousand miles, (laughs) but, uh, so, you know, there's a lot of different ways we could think of balance, applying balance, but uh, spiritually speaking, biblically speaking, we're going to look at some areas of balance here, and hopefully, learn some scriptural truths that we can apply to our lives here. Um, the first thing to say about this topic, and the first thing to get down is um, the first area of balance that is foundational is for the Christian, uh, balance is saying yes to God and no to all others. That's the first foundational thing you have to have down before you look at the attitude to have with balance. Um, think of the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 and 3. The Bible says, you know, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Um, Jesus said we're to love the Lord God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul. So that's the foundational thing to have down first, is we say yes to God, no to all others. Think of the illustration of marriage when you get married. You say yes to your wife and no to all others. You don't try to, in that area of balance, you're not balancing out, okay, how do I have the relationship with my wife and these other ladies? No, no, no. Not that kind of balance. It's yes to her, no to all others. That's, that's, so you get that down first when it comes to Christian life with God is to establish whatever God says in His Word, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that and I have no other gods before Him. Serve Him with all my heart. Um, And we need to have discernment if we're going to have um, balance. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. We'll look at this passage now. And we might revisit this in a little bit too. But this is going to require us being able to recognize what is good and what is evil. Ephesians 5 Verse 10 and 11 says, Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So, um, recognizing what is good and what is acceptable to the Lord is part of being a Christian. It's part of following God. If, If we're going to obey the Bible, if we're going to follow God, we have to prove that... This is acceptable to the Lord or this is not acceptable to the Lord. And part of that will include expressing disapproval of the bad of what is not. You know, It says, have no fellowship with the, with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. There is a place and a time to tell others. This is bad, you know, and tell, you know, maybe if there is some unfruitful work of darkness that you, you need to approve, tell, hey, this is wrong, this is, you should not be doing this. There is a biblical place for that. Um, think of an illustration of a, of a soldier in a minefield who's testing things on the surface that seem harmless, but he's got to, he's got to you know, he's got to test the surface still to see if in reality it could be destructive, it could be life-threatening. That is part of the Christian life as well, as we go through the Christian life. When we hear a, a doctrine, a teaching, you, you you test it, you prove it. Is this acceptable to the Lord? Is this in agreement with Scripture? Or is this a work of darkness? When you hear maybe a, a practice, a way of doing things, um, you, we, we, prove, we prove things, we test things. This is um, to, to figure out, okay... Is this okay to do or not okay to do? That's, that's, that's part of, of the Christian life. Um, if we're going to do this, if we're going to seek the Lord with all of our heart, if we're going to, we want to prove things that are acceptable and do them, there is an attitude of balance that goes along with that. Now, something very, very important here I want to communicate to understand. The main thing, if you get nothing else, get this right here this morning. Uh, biblical balance is choosing between two right things, not a right and a wrong thing. So when I'm talking about biblical balance, I'm talking about being balanced between two opposing virtues, not having an equal amount of something that's good and something that's bad, but rather having a right balanced amount of two opposing virtues. You will find in the Christian life, there will be many times where you will have to balance certain good things that are both 100% good on them, in and of themselves, but they have an opposing virtue that is meant to balance that out. Um, think of uh, uh, mercy and truth. We'll look at a few examples. Mercy and truth. The Bible talks about those two opposing virtues. Mercy and truth, having a balance. Uh, righteousness and peace. Righteousness and peace. Those can be two very good things that... If you're going to have both of them, at the same time, it's going to, you're going to have to find some kind of balance. Love and justice. If you are if you're a parent, um, if you have kids, you oftentimes will find yourself having to strike the balance between love and justice. When your child does something wrong, and you should administer justice to them. There are times, sometimes when the love part steps in, and, you're like, and you you find yourself maybe balancing out what kind of justice you meet. With the love. And you could... And we're talking about balance. talking about... How to find the right balance between the two. You could go wrong either way. You could go wrong on the justice side... With your children. And be 100% correct... In administering the proper justice... To your children. They have done something wrong. You have administered punishment. That's good. You should do that. But if you don't have the balance of love... All justice, no love... You're probably going to provoke your children to wrath. Probably not going to have a very good relationship with them. Going to cause some problems. On the one side, you could go too far on the love and never administer justice. And then you're going to have problems on that end, too. So you've got to find a balance, a balance between these two opposing virtues, two good things. So we're talking about choosing between two right things, not a right and a wrong thing. That's important. Some sometimes uh, Christians, when they think of balance, the the first thing that comes to mind is balancing maybe how to live like live a worldly lifestyle along with also being a Christian. How do I find? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about okay, first thing is God is first. Yes to God, no to all others. We want to prove what is right. We want to do this right. We want to follow God. Love God with all our heart. So as I'm doing that, though, I'm going to come across these competing virtues. And I've got to find a balance between them. And uh, so we'll look at some things of how to do that and some examples of that. Uh, zeal and knowledge could be another one. I could think of some illustrations of that, I'm sure. The competing virtues of zeal and knowledge, truth and love. Um Let's look at uh let's look at some scripture here. Look, let's go to Psalm 85:10. This is a good one talking about mercy and truth. <clears throat> Psalm 85:10. <8510. clears throat> It says, mercy and truth are met together, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. We've got a couple of different opposing virtues here. Mercy and truth are met together, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. We'll see a lot of times when the Bible talks about balance between two virtues, uh, it often is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And we will certainly look at that today. The Lord Jesus Christ is the ultimate perfect example of balance in every way. We'll, we'll look at that. But mercy and truth. Be merciful and truthful at the same time. And don't choose the wrong. Merciful and truthful. How do you be, so think of this. Think of ex- if someone comes to you and asks your opinion of something, something they're doing or something they think, maybe your wife comes to your opinion, that, how does my ma- makeup look this morning? Of course, you say it's beautiful. Of course, you know, but if but you know, think of any time when someone asks your opinion of something. Sometimes you have to find the balance between mercy and truth, right? If you're going to be 100% truthful, some you know, like say, I use I use my kids as an example a lot, but you know, Ethan, almost every morning he'll come to me, and after he gets dressed, if he sees me before I leave for work or something. And say, like, hey, Dad, do you like me? That means, you know, do you like how I look? <laughs> and sometimes he's wearing the absolute goofiest things, you know. So if I'm going to be 100% truthful, I was like, dude, no, you got problems. <laughs> but if I'm going to balance that out with mercy I'll say, oh, you know what, Ethan, you look just like Ethan. You look great, you know. <laughs> you know, and uh, so you might, you probably have, I'm sure we've all had some experiences where someone asks you your opinion and, Maybe you're not going to be 100% truthful. Now, if you if you're 100 if you respond with just truth, you will be right. Truth is a virtue. It, you you would not be wrong in doing that, but it might be pretty unwise. You might need to balance that out with some mercy towards them. Um, Proverbs three three. I'll read that one real quick. Also also references this one. Proverbs three three says. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. bind them about thy neck, write them upon the table of thine heart. Mercy and truth together, twice here in, in these verses we have this. So remember that, if you know it, don't go too far on the mercy side and leave off of truth, don't go too far on the truth side and leave off of mercy, we're always trying to find a balance. Uh, a biblical Christian who is seeking balance in his life will find himself to be a thinking Christian, one who takes the time and thinks about it. And we'll look at some illustrations of that in Scripture. But um, balance and truth. Look at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Uh, Romans chapter 10, and uh, verses 1 and 2. Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Zeal versus knowledge. A couple more opposing virtues here. Knowledge must be balanced with zeal. Zeal. you must have both. If you have just one or the other, you're going to be ineffective. Both are good. If you have all zeal and no knowledge, you'll not going to be very effective. Of course, in this context of Romans 10, uh, this is a very serious matter. Paul's talking about how Israel they have a zeal for God, not according to knowledge, is that they don't have the gospel. Their the way they're trying to get to God to have their relationship with God was incorrect. They were going through the law. They are going through their Judaism, through legalism, not according to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in their case, it was a very serious matter. It was going to affect their eternal destiny. And, uh, but zeal is good. It must be balanced with knowledge. If, you have, if, you, if you're heavy on the knowledge side, but no zeal, what good is that knowledge going to do you? You've got to do something with it. At the same time, heavy on the zeal, but you got to have knowledge to, so you know what to do with that zeal and how to how to utilize it. you got to have balance between the two. Um, righteousness and peace. Um, that's that's uh, often, can be a hard one. Um, righteousness and peace. So, um, in Psalm 85, 10, we mentioned this one as well. Uh, righteousness and peace. Kissed, kissed each other, and that's talking about they met in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll look at that example. But righteousness and peace. So there are times um, in our, in our uh, Baptist circles, we can get very, very uh, zealous, I guess, on the righteousness side, which is good. We should know what righteousness is in the Bible, and we should follow it, and we should do it. There are times when that also needs to be balanced out with peace as well. Um, especially in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, which we started there, we'll get back there. Um, Apostle Paul is talking about how, you know, in reference to reaching the world with the gospel. Now, remember, with the foundation we started off with is it doesn't mean you never choose wrong. You always choose, choose God and reject the wrong. You never do something wrong for the sake of doing something right. But choosing between two opposing virtues or balancing two opposing virtues, righteousness and peace got to have them balanced with each other. Uh, look at let's go to Philippians 110 um, here. So truth and love. another one we'll also look at Ephesians chapter 4. Let me mention Philippians 110 here. Okay. Uh, Starting verse nine, actually, in, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere without offense until the day of Christ. Um, that where he talks about approving things that are excellent, we should always seek what is excellent. I want that to be, you know, I want that to be you know, what Apostle Paul is is saying here. I want us to have that foundation. Approve things that are excellent. We should we should know in the decisions that we make, things that we do, things we believe, the way we live, we should seek them to be excellent, to be according to God's word. Approving them as excellent. God would say these are excellent things. And um, at the same time, also, we need to have love balances that out. In verse 9, he says, I pray that your love may abound more and more. So how, we need to make sure we're balancing our truth, our pursuit of excellence, if you will, with love. Look at Ephesians four, verse fifteen. Ephesians four fifteen says, "But speaking the truth in love." may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Um, and in the context, Paul is, is talking about the edification of the church, growing in the Lord together as a church, and knowing our doctrine, and speaking the truth in love. The goal is to edify believers. As a church together, our goal is to strengthen one another, to to learn together about our Lord, to serve God, to, to follow God as his as his soldiers, as his as his army, and do his will. And uh, and as we do that, we need to seek the balance between truth and love. Always seek what is excellent, always speak the truth in love. Speak so um, balance out. When you, have to, when you have to tell someone some truth, maybe that they don't know or they're going against, there is a place to call that out to say, hey, this is going to harm you. Don't do that. You need to know this. Speak the truth. Yes. Balance it in love. Balance it in love. Make sure that, um, that you're doing it in a way that, uh, that is loving. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. It speaks along the same lines here. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10, verse 24. Also in context, speaking about the church. It says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Provoke one another to love and to and good works. Notice, love is mentioned first in there. If we're not first provoking one another to love, provoking one another to good works isn't going to be very effective. <laughs> we should do both. We should do both. You should encourage it. And maybe uh, you have a friend or someone, maybe a new church member that getting to know or someone, and, and they're learning. They're new. They're learning and growing in the Bible, and and you notice something that they don't, a truth that they don't know, or they're not following. There is, it is a good thing to say, hey, let me, let me show you this. Let me show you this in the Bible. Let me do but if you have not first been provoking them unto love, showing them Christian love, Christ-like love, when you go to provoke them to good works, it's not going to be very effective. You've got to have that balance. You've got to have both there in doing that. Um, look at, let's look at some, uh, some illustrations in the Bible of some balance. Um, okay, there's, there's a lot of extra-biblical illustrations we could talk about. You know, you think of uh, nutrition, you know, balanced diet. got to have a balanced diet, right, you know. It doesn't mean, and I use that to illustrate, it doesn't mean, balance doesn't always mean equal parts of the same thing. So, like, you're not in my, for my lunch today, I'm not going to have, you know, a quarter pound of beef, a quarter pound of vegetables, a quarter pound of bacon grease, and a quarter pound of sugar, it's not going to be, oh, you know, equal parts, the same thing. It's going to, have to be balanced in the right proportions. So sometimes, you know, it doesn't always mean equal truth of these virtues. It, uh, it can mean, um, you know, a little more of one, a little less of the other. Uh, go to Mark chapter 9, verse 38. Let's look at the example of John, the Apostle John. One of the sons of thunder. Um John in in his younger days, as we see him in the Gospels, was very zealous, was very enthusiastic. Um he was uh he, he, he was maybe a little bit unbalanced, we might say. Not so much on the love side, very much zealous for righteousness, um and for justice. But as look at Mark chapter 9. oh my goodness, I'm in John chapter nine. Mark chapter nine here. Um And uh, look at um, verse 38. It says, John answered him saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followeth not us. And we forbade him because he followeth not us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not. For there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. Christ here rebukes John. Uh, this would be an illustration of the righteousness versus peace. John did not balance his righteousness with seeking after peace here, and he, he missed them things. Now, he was 100% right in pursuing righteousness. He wanted, he wanted things to be done right and according to how God would want them. So that was a good virtue. He was missing the balance of that, and Christ here rebuked him for it. Look at Luke chapter 9. We see him again here. Luke chapter nine, look at verse fifty-one. Luke nine, fifty one says and it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem, and sent messengers before his face, and they went, and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him, because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them, saying, You know not what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another another village. Well, John here and his brother James had much righteous zeal. This is a good thing. That's a good thing. But it needed to be balanced <laughs> with, uh, with the competing virtue as Christ rebuked him and told him, you know, I'm not here just to destroy lives. I'm here to save them. And uh, so, but John, in his latter days, is much different. Think of the epistles of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Think of the manner in which he writes those. He, talks, he addresses them to his beloved children. He addresses the love of God over and over and over again. And and he just uses such endearing terms and totally different than the son of thunder as he was in his younger days. And uh, so I think he had certainly learned some balance. And how did he learn that? Well, um, he had to have learned it uh, by Jesus loving him. Jesus showed John how to love people by loving him. You think, who was the disciple that at the supper you know, was, was resting on Jesus' breast you know, in, in his bosom? It was John. The Jesus, no doubt, poured out his love on John as he did to all, to all people. But, um, but, so we also should teach others balance by example, as Christ did. Uh, think of the biblical example of Joseph. This is a fantastic example. Go to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 we'll be looking at this story quite a bit this month thinking of Christmas but Joseph here look at Matthew 1 verse 18 it says Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take to thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So here we see Joseph... He, he found out that his espoused wife was expecting a child would have been absolutely devastating to him, and the Bible calls him a just man. Joseph was a just man, um, but where we see here is in verse nine, in, um, in verse twenty I love that phrase it says "But while he thought on these things, Joseph thought about it. What a great example of balance now joseph. He could have been a hundred percent just on the justice side, and according to Jewish law, he could have had Mary killed. He could have had her stoned. Um, but he didn't just rush. He didn't make a rash decision. Um, and also, he didn't let his love blind him to the to the fact that he was considering. He, he you know that Mary had committed a a, a sin, a great sin. And she hadn't, of course, and the Lord Jesus comes and reassures him, tells him what is going on. But he didn't let his justice, his zeal for justice blind him. He didn't let his love for Mary blind him either way. He thought about it. He took his time. He didn't make a rash decision. He slowed down and he thought about it. What a great example. This is how we can pursue balance as well. Don't make a rash decision. Think about it. Pray about it. What does the Bible say about it? And God obviously very much so confirmed to Joseph what was going on. And, uh, and, and uh, but we see a great example here of, of balance. So um, we should be we should be pursuing this area of biblical balance as well. Um, often we use the excuse of that's just my personality to excuse away our imbalance. I've used that. I'm sure there's. Probably some people in here who may have said that before as well. That's a common thing. Um, don't use that as an excuse for biblical imbalance. Uh, seek balance. Um, and sometimes, and something that can happen is when we're imbalanced, on one side, we've got one particular virtue down, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe righteousness and justice, we've got it down. And, uh, but we don't have too much of the love and peace. Well, there's going to be some people that are on the other side of the road. They've got all the love and peace, but none of the righteousness and justice. And they're going to be slinging mud at each other from the ditch across the road. So that tends to happen sometimes, too, is when you're in balance too far on one side, you look at the other side, and you start blaming them, and they start blaming you. You should be the guy in the middle. They're going to say, okay, where's the biblical balance here? But when you're in the middle, both sides are going to be flinging mud at you. So you've got to be prepared for that. So, but we should be the ones... Seeking the biblical balance. Rash people, make not or not rash, not making rash decisions. Time is our helper in making a balanced decision. And uh, think about the context. Are there other things in the field of vision here that have a bearing on the decision I need to make? Be like Joseph. You know, think about it. Take time to survey what factors will be affected by your decision. Seek godly counsels. Seek godly counsels. That's a big deal. You will not always see everything from every angle. And godly counselors oftentimes can see things that you can't, and they can help guide you. Um, i also say the value of selective reading is immense um, in in seeking godly counselors, reading the right things, selective reading, emphasizing that. Um, So um, we've seen some good illustrations of balance here. The best illustration is, of course, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is a great example of balance. We saw a couple of those in His life, but the whole reason for the existence of Jesus Christ was all about balance, about trying to find the perfect balance of holiness and love. As you have, Jesus is is God Himself, and, and uh, Jesus is is the answer that satisfies God's holiness in His love. See, we all have a problem. Problem is that God is holy, perfectly holy, and we are—we as are sinners, we have broken God's law. Go all the way back to Genesis, and, and when Adam and Eve, when they broke God's law, His first commandment they gave them, and they broke it. They had to be put away from the presence of God. God's holiness is His perfect; perfectly holy, He's perfectly just. His holiness cannot let sin go. it cannot be with sin it cannot it, he must judge sin. He's a hundred percent holy. At the same time though God has another attribute of love. God is love and he created us to love us to have a relationship with us. and so God had to do something to find the balance for those things to satisfy. Holiness and love. If, he, if God was, had no balance and was just 100% on the holy and justice side, we would not be here. God would have wiped out Adam as soon as he sinned, and that would be the end of it. You know, um, But God sought to satisfy both His holiness and His love. And that answer to, uh, to this problem, if you will, just to put it in our terms... Um, it, it, a, what, what satisfied God's holiness and God's love was His Son. Sending His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come down and pay for our sins. He satisfied God's balance. Very much so in this position right here, didn't He? When He was on the cross, this is what He was doing, was paying for our sins. Satisfying God's holiness and he was a holy, righteous, perfect man, who completely fulfilled the law of God, and he came to die in our place, so God was able to pour out His holy, righteous wrath on him, and he satisfied that holiness. And now, because what he was doing when he paid for it, that was that was our sin, God put on him our sin, and he paid for it. Now God's love can be satisfied. In that if we repent and put our faith in what the Lord Jesus Christ did, Christ will take away our sins. He has paid for them. And we can have that relationship with God forever. God's holiness and love are both perfectly satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is how he was able to balance those. So, thinking about biblical balance here this morning... Are, are you balanced? And uh, we all have times where we're more balanced than others. But as Christians, we should be seeking this biblically balanced attitude. All right, let's all bow our heads for.